presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters, connecting you with the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry. So as always, pull up a chair, open up your mind, and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. This is Wise Words. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people joining us for season two, episode number five of the Wise Words podcast. I am your humbled, honored, hyped, and always handicapping host, Colton Captain Colt Soroka, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best knowledge and insights on the market from some of the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all of the sports gambling industry. Now, my friends, if you ask me, but who am I? I think we've had one hell of a start to season two here. Electric guest after electric guest, you know it, brightest, sharpest electric, and I do believe we have another man that fits into all three of those categories, joining us on today's show. Now, before I bring him in, tell you a little bit about him, you know how I do. I got to bring in the other man that sits to my left on this here show, just as he does the Talk in the Line pod every morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You know him around these parts as the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend, and around this time of the year, we cannot ever forget the TTL's resident cheese head himself, Mr. Riley, Armax, Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am doing absolutely fantastic. I am so excited to get to talk to today's guest. As you mentioned, it's season two, just clipping along with fantastic guest after fantastic guest. And this is kind of our de facto uh, Christmas episode of the Wise Words podcast. And, uh, you know, we're getting to the spirit. I don't know uh, if we have any Christmas questions planned. I guess I didn't, but... You know, uh, you know, we can. I feel like we just need to embrace the old uh, Christmas vibe on today's show. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you think about that. You know, I'm glad you took it down that path. Merry Christmas, Mags. Merry Christmas to all of you, and we'll soon uh, say Merry <laughs> Christmas to our guests. But hey, it is kind of our de facto Christmas episode. Uh, Bears playing today. Time of recording. Hopefully, me wearing this hat does not make me look like too much of a dumbass. Come uh, airing of this on Wednesday. You wearing your Packers hoodie? They already got. Uh, they Monday, already got maybe. your cash. Victory Monday. Yada yada yada. You know the drill. Well, partner, uh, before we uh, dive deep into it and I bring on in today's guest of the day, anything else from your side, any late breaking news, anything uh, you got to dish out before we uh, get on into it? Unless I've got a time machine for some Wednesday breaking news, uh, this is uh, I'm ready to get rocking and rolling, my friend. All right. Well, <laughs> without further ado, I ain't got one of those, so I don't think we're getting any uh, future advice or news. So without further ado, oh, I also don't have uh, Biff's Almanac, so I, I forgot it go. in the at the other studio. So yeah, yeah. without further ado, my friends, our guest gracing us with his presence for the midway point of season two is one of the brightest and most recognizable names in all the sports gaming industry. 
Now, me and Mags, uh, we have talked on some of our other shows. We've been following him since we entered into the industry ourselves, and we are incredibly honored that he has taken the time out of his busy schedule to share his knowledge and insights with us today. He is a Penn State alumnus and holds a bachelor's degree in broadcast journalism, so you know he is the right man to be gracing us with his presence on this show. He's held multiple positions across the sports media industry, like assistant director of media relations and athletics communications at LaSalle University and Florida Atlantic University, two teams we like cash and tickets on, internet managing editor and sports director at multiple Michigan-based news stations, video editor, sports director, and broadcaster for multiple New York-based news stations, and oh, let me not forget, play-by-play broadcaster for the Big Ten Network and ESPN, Just who are we talking to here, Mags, today? Oh, that's right. You might recognize him from his most recent gig as the on-air host for the morning after presented by SportsGrid, friends of the show, or maybe uh, some of the betting content that he did for FanDuel Sportsbook. Outside of that, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers far and wide, it is my absolute honor and pleasure to welcome in Sports betting analyst and content creator with over 10 years of experience in the industry and the current lead betting analyst at PixWise, Mr. Jared Smith. Wow. Welcome in. That was impressive, my man. That was a, (laughs) I I feel like I was going through all of like those stops along the way uh, of those jobs and thinking about all the awesome experiences I had. Uh, that was, that's been the, I think that's been the best introduction I've ever received on it. So I appreciate that a lot, Colton. Thank you so much. Many thanks. Many thanks from you. Um, thank you for joining us, taking some time to hang out with the TTL crew here today. I know I can speak for Mags. We are, uh, more than honored to have you on here. And, uh, if you haven't caught an episode of the show before, I know I told you, uh, pre-show, Hey, I, uh, I like to knock it out of the park. I'm the hype man. I do a little bit of research. I, I set the tone, the vibes that are coming, and uh, I think I found my niche in the industry, honestly, Jared. I, I respect done, it. Michael I'm, Buffer better be careful. Uh, hey, that's what I'm saying. The Bruce, <laughs> too. I'm telling you, I'm coming right? for the jobs. I'm telling you, no more content, no more handicapping. I am just doing intros from here on out. <laughs> but once again, Jared, thank you so much for stopping by, my friend. Uh, let's not waste any time. I know you're a busy man, so we'll get right on into it here today. Tell us a little bit about uh, your time in media. You've obviously uh, been in sports media for one way or another, the better part of a decade. And then kind of uh, how the opportunity, I will put it as, to enter the sports gaming industry and creating media there presented itself. And uh, what's kind of been the most rewarding part of where you find yourself now today? Great questions. I mean, I I think... You know, the start for me happened like a lot of other broadcasters that were, you know, in journalism school. Um, You know, you want to either be a play-by-play guy or maybe you want to be a reporter or an anchor for a television station. I was on the radio side for a number of years. That was where I got my start. Um, Actually, my prior to working at those two schools, FAU and LaSalle, I actually was the number two broadcaster at the Trenton Thunder, which um, really kind of like that. That actually was kind of where I consider my career kind of starting. Um, because I was able to work with a minor league baseball team and, and experience life on the road. And, and, you know, they hosted the Eastern League All-Star Game. I was able to kind of meet some of the, you know, the GMs and interview some pretty high-level uh, people for someone at my age right out of college. I was only seven months out of school when I got that job. So that was a nice experience. And then I kind of made my way through the journalism world, eventually ended up in Michigan doing television. So I was radio for a long time, doing play-by-play at LaSalle and FAU. And then I just kind of, 
you know, got an opportunity to, to cross over into the TV world. Uh, but I had to move to Flint, Michigan to do it, uh, which was, you know, outside of my comfort zone, being an East Coast kid, Philly, Penn State, you know, sure. and then all of a sudden um, I'm moving to Flint, Michigan. Um, but an amazing experience gave me a lot of those on air skills that I've kind of taken with me and started to build a lot of those skills. Um, and then eventually I just got sick of Michigan after working there for about three years across those stations that you mentioned. And I had to move back to the East Coast. So I made it back to New York. Uh, worked in New York City for a while, did a lot of the behind the scenes work at SNY, which really, again, I tell this to everyone who wants to be on air. If you don't know how to do the things that get you on air, writing, editing, video, you know, shooting, uh, you are not going to reach an on air level because it's just, you have to know how to do those things like the back of your hand. So you can right. focus more on the on air product when you do get those opportunities. Um, and then I had a weird thing happen to me. Um, I decided to leave the business actually in 2018. Uh, I got married, which was a, a decision that obviously people make um, when they want to, you know, not work in sports anymore because it's really hard to do both. Sure. And I, I had an opportunity to uh, get into the finance world actually. And that was not something I loved doing because I hated a nine to five, but the finance world, if I didn't take that step and leave my comfort zone and leave broadcasting and get into finance, I wouldn't have been prepared to then re-enter the broadcasting space mm. a couple of years later into a gambling role. Because I was always a gambler. I've been gambling since I was a kid, since I was like 16 years old. But, you know, we're, we're, we're dumb when we're young and we make stupid bets when we're starting out sure. in gambling. <laughs> um, but learning the financial side of it really shaped risk buy low, sell high, a lot of those things that I talk about and tweet about every day, um, they made me, it made me a much smarter person. And then, it, you know, in 2019, you know, New Jersey was really, it was right after that they repealed PASPA and you started to see some media companies really start to accelerate how they handle gambling content. And I was fortunate enough to link up with SportsGrid. It was a perfect timing situation for me getting out of finance and one of my close friends from Penn State, you know, a family friend kind of was a, was the VP of content at SportsGrid and, and he brought me in and, and then the SportsGrid thing accelerated and then I, I, I hopped over to PixWise this summer. So it's been a crazy two and a half years because the industry has changed so much. But a lot of my past experiences doing radio play-by-play -play and editing video and writing copy and all that stuff, and then you kind of mix that in with the finance stuff, it all just kind of turned into this perfect – uh, melting pot of, of skills that I think has really helped me kind of, uh, um, you know, accelerate a little bit in the gambling media space, because it is a very opportunistic space right now, as I'm sure both of you know. Most definitely. No, uh, no barrier to entry in, uh, in the market right now, <laughs> no. for sure. But the legendary Jared Smith, ladies and gentlemen, that's the episode. There you go. There, thank you. That's so it. We're much. done, right? I, I appreciate it. Um, I got a little bit more uh, as far as kind of like picks wise where you're at now. Yeah. But I'll uh, yield back for a little bit. I'll let my partner have at it. What do you got over there in that box, my friend? All right, Jared. I've been uh, waiting to ask you this question because for whatever reason, I don't know if we just haven't asked the question. If anyone has been in this space, uh, but you're a big guy, or your guy that is a big soccer better. Uh, on yeah. your shows that you do uh, we just haven't had the opportunity like i said i don't know if we just aren't asking these questions if there has been anyone uh but nonetheless how do you explain the value of uh whether it's soccer or any of these other sports that maybe the general american viewer isn't watching on a daily basis like myself for example I don't watch soccer but if someone like you can explain to me just how valuable a certain side is 
I might have a good chance of actually hammering that in. How do you explain uh, the value of soccer to certain people like myself? So soccer betting, it, so I am not an experienced or sharp soccer better. I wouldn't consider okay. myself one. Like I've been betting the NFL for 20, since I was 16, I'm 35. Sure. So for 20 years, that is like my sport that I really feel strongly about. And I feel like I'm not a sharp, but I feel like I'm the sharpest in football than any other sport. When it comes to soccer, I really got into it during the pandemic. And it was, you know, there was a couple months there where it was really the only sport that was really happening. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time looking at it. I have a really close group of friends. Um, all three of them are Italian. They're huge into Team Italy. I've been hearing about it for years. Like it's our group chat. That's all I talk about is whenever this Italian player, you know, either plays go, goes to a club team, uh, you know, in, in EPL or goes somewhere else. So I, I've always heard about soccer chatter, and it's always been kind of like you know the underground of of my gambling, you know, group chat. But I hadn't really partaken in it really strongly until about a year and a half ago. You know, I would call it early spring, late, you know, early summer, late spring during the pandemic of 2020. Um, and I really enjoyed the simplicity of it because in the NFL, well, actually, let's, let's start with the NBA. In the NBA, the total is what, 220, 230, you know, on a, on a sure. random night? You know, sometimes there's a total that's 210, you know, 200 if it's a really, you know, two crappy teams. But for the most part, you're handicapping 220 points throughout the course of a game. In the NFL, you're handicapping 50 points, give or sick, 45. You know, the average total is around between 45 and 50. In the NHL, you're capping five, six goals a night. Well, in soccer, you're only capping two or three goals. You know, the total for the most part is two and a half. So I think it's a simpler handicap. And I really did get into how important the players are because it's kind of like the NBA where one player can really tilt a game in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And if there's a top striker like a Cristiano Ronaldo on a certain team or, you know, if there's one specific matchup that is very advantageous, maybe a team plays a high press system against a team that doesn't defend the press well. It, 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 to me, it's easier to handicap because you're only worrying about one or two goals. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of why I fell into it. And then obviously the nicheness of it, because other people aren't betting it inherently, I see more value in betting it. And that is, it can be tough because there's a lot of people that only like to bet on things that they watch, which I totally understand. And I am not watching the Norwegian soccer second tier soccer division that I'm betting on at 9am on a Saturday. Like I'm just watching the numbers on the screen and hopefully they light up in my favor. But I do feel that if I, if for long-term, we're all long-term betters here, right? You know, we're, it's not, it's like a week. We're doing this probably for our lives <laughs> over the long haul. I feel like if I bet into markets that are not heavily bet, that's where I will find advantages. And so that with the fact that you're only handicapping two or three goals in any given match, it, it just kind of clicked. And, and, and now it's become like a little bit of a cult following with the kick picks. And I, I love it. I, I've, I've, I've eaten it up. But if I'm not going to say that I'm a sharp soccer better because I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not. I'm a recreational soccer better. But it, it's a fun sport. And I think there's some reasons, there's some analytical reasons why you can you know make some money on it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't want to speak for Colt because he had some moments during the pandemic as well where he'd come <laughs> to our show with a couple of things like that. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Where did you find this stuff? And then I hammer it in alongside him. And yeah, I check off right in the box. But I'll take it back to you, partner. I was, because like I said, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Colton. I don't think we've had a single, you know, soccer question on the show through 14, 15 episodes, have we? We've covered lacrosse, but we haven't covered yeah. soccer. That's so another good one, too. I have a buddy yeah. uh, that really likes betting on lacrosse. I love mm. the niche sports in general. Yeah. And I think oh, when yeah. we get the Olympics in a couple of weeks, depending mm. on, obviously, the COVID and the travel yeah. restrictions, sure. some people aren't traveling, some people aren't. So we'll see what the 
what the rosters and the lineups look like. But keep an eye on the Olympics too. There's always some interesting oh, events out there where you know you don't know if you, if you yeah. can feel like you have an edge in one of these markets you, you yeah. probably do yeah definitely and uh speaking of niche uh i uh love to dive into the low major mid-major uh college oh, basketball yeah. market so we'll uh we'll talk about that here in just a little bit but i want to stick um a little bit kind of high level betting advice um i've asked this question a lot to or pretty much to every single one of our guests because Everybody has a different process, right? Everybody handicaps differently. Everybody has a different mindset when they're looking at a game. Some people like the dog. Some people like the favorite. Whatever the case might be, maybe it's nothing like that at all. But, Mr. Smith, what would be your number one piece of advice for the first-time better that just downloaded XYZ Sportsbook or just walked into ABC Brick and Mortar Facility, but at the same time, the Daily Degenerate can add to their daily process and make them a better better as well? tough to distinguish those two i would say mm. if you're literally fresh you know fresh out and you're literally just downloaded the app you've never made a bet in your life i would bet games that you watch because i think it'll help you absorb information better for example if you're just watching a game and maybe this is me because i'm a total degenerate and i just think about these numbers in my head 24 7. yep exactly <laughs> it, when when i'm watching a game that i have no action on i do feel a level of detachment from it Mm. where I'm not looking at those little little moments, those little edges, those little plays, those five-yard penalties and this and that, that take place over the course of the game that either increase or decrease your probability of winning. So even if it's just $1, I recommend everyone, if they're just downloading an app for the first time, bet on as many games possible that you're watching. Even Again, if it's just a dollar, because that attachment that you have to the game will increase and then you will pay attention to more things, which will help you absorb more things for future bets. Because again, none of us are doing this for one, one night. This is the long haul. We're doing it as a hobby. Probably the people that are watching this show probably are not professionals. If they are, then you're attracting a great audience. But for the most part, you're probably attracting a recreational audience that wants to do this over the long haul. And the goal is to keep your bankroll as long as possible. So if you're putting in $100 for the first time, bet a dollar on every game you're going to watch that day. Even if it's just a buck because it'll help you absorb a little bit. To the people that are a little bit more experienced, usually the first place I start, especially in the non-NFL markets, the, the, the markets that are a little bit more nuanced, NHL, soccer, maybe Major League Baseball overnight lines, I like to know where the initial line move is. Hmm. Even if it's not the, the side I'm gonna end up being on, that to me is the first piece of information that I wanna build my platform on. I want to know who the sharps are on and where the initial line move is. Then I will try to figure out why the sharps are on a single side. And if I agree with that side, because I will not just base my bet solely on where the line moves and where things kind of settle. Um, I think it's an important thing. Again, I'm not a sharp. I'm not a market maker. There's real smart people out in Vegas that do this for a living. They run bets for a living. They're way ahead of the markets. Hmm. I want to know where their money is. Right. And if I can figure out where their money is, then I can figure out, all right, what's the threshold for me to get my money in? Because, you know, in theory, the lines already move once I'm making the bet if I am backing a sharp side. So it's, it's, it's a little nuanced because I don't, I don't always back the sharp side, but I like to know where the sharp side is. And then I'll start to dive into trends and injuries and matchups and those normal things that we look at. Hmm. Um, but my first instinct is always – Where's the smart money on this game? And do I agree with it? That's always my first instinct anytime I'm looking at a game. 
I uh, speaking of agree, I agree with you on that point. Definitely. That's that's usually where I start my handicapping. And, and again, much like you said, not necessarily that I always agree with it. Maybe even like the Jaguars yesterday, they were only getting about 30 percent of bets, but we're getting truckloads, Brinks trucks backed up to Duval County filled <laughs> with money. And uh, they absolutely got clapped as favorites by by Texas. Same thing with work. the Jets last week against yep. the Saints. There you go. I mean, exactly. I, that was a te- that was a textbook example of when the sharp money can be wrong, and they're wrong. Mm-hmm. They're wrong forty percent of the time, forty five percent of the time. Um, I would rather be on their side if I had if it was all things equal, but sometimes all things are not equal. As we know, uh, for those of us who have fallen in love with this damn game we call gambling, I will yield back once again. Thanks for that answer, my friend. Loads of good stuff. Nothing but wise words down there, as always. And uh, partner, what do you got for number two, my friend? All right, Gerald. Well, Jared, excuse me, Gerald. I apologize. Jared. We, hey, we got a best friend Gerald's named Gerald. It's under, hey, we got a best friend. I've been called way worse, so that's fine. I'm just eating my words all day today. I mentioned, uh, I'll out myself again. I mentioned something about Freddie Kitchens being involved in this Browns game when I was oh, man. totally, totally eating my words. But hey, it's, all right. uh, it's Monday. Know, we'll it's it. Monday. It's okay, Bobby. Yeah, Here we go. Keep it steaming. It's all good. It's but, all anyways, good. Jared, uh, as far as we've already mentioned it, as far as the last year and a half of gambling, and we're kind of hitting uh, a big old wall of it again, as far as especially the NFL. Uh, and I shouldn't even say especially the NFL, the NBA and NHL have been affected pretty, pretty yeah. massively as well, as far as these COVID outages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like this past week is going to be the only one by any means in the last three weeks of the NFL. What's your best advice? Uh, if any, and maybe it's just stay the hell away. What's your best advice as far as, far as some of these games where? You know, half the guys are out, and then obviously this past week we'll see. Uh, you know what happens today, Monday, Tuesday, as far as time of recording, but maybe even upcoming this next week. What's your best advice as far as these games are concerned? Um, it, I've gotten this question a million times this week, and I I'm, I feel like every day I have a different answer because every day the situation it's a, it's a moving target. Um, right. For example, the NFL just changed their testing protocols last night. You know, I got the we got the report this morning from Rappaport and all the you know, the details of all of the different testing protocols now. And apparently vaccinated players that are asymptomatic don't have to test. Well, that changes things dramatically. um, And it changes the way that I used to look at the covid. I called them clusters. So the way that I did it a couple weeks ago or maybe, you know, starting this season based on the information we got last season in the NFL, especially because there's only one game a week, if a team reported early in the week that a player tested positive, I immediately, I don't even think, immediately opened a very small position against that team with the theory that there would be a cluster of players and the list would expand Mm. and then the line would continue to move and it would open up a middle opportunity. I actually middled a game this year based on that theory with the Browns um, Broncos Thursday night game. And that was the 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 Baker, um, you know, Keenum game where they flopped him out midweek, and then you know the Broncos eventually closed as a slight favorite, and I got the Browns earlier in the week, you know, and it was like the perfect middling opportunity in that spot. Um, actually, it was sorry the Broncos earlier in the week, and then bet the Browns late. Now that they're not testing players that are vaccinated and asymptomatic, I don't know if you're going to get those volatile line moves anymore. Because I think that the information won't be as readily available. So right. now, today, based off of that information, I would probably just be more cautious when I get the news and just let the dust settle and then bet the line on game day. But it's tough because you never know when those pockets are going to pop up. And I'm an early better in the NFL. I like to bet Sunday night, Monday morning. Right. And now I, I didn't make any bets, you know, 
yesterday and today because I just I'm gonna be a little more cautious over the next couple of weeks. So whereas a few weeks ago I was actually uber aggressive when I would get that news and I'd hop on the other side right away thinking that there would be more line movement in my favor throughout the week. Hmm. Now because of the lack of testing in the NFL, I guess I'll be a little more cautious. In other sports, tough because the games are every day and they're you know every other day back to backs NHL NBA. Very very hard to bet early in those sports. Because I just I just don't see the value in it anymore. I think the NHL is going to get affected the most because of the inter, uh, you know, country travel between Canada right. and the U.S. Yeah. And the NBA doesn't have that issue as much with just one team. But there's definitely going to be some pushback, I think, from the players' association. So I think the advice today, now that we have new NFL rules, I would be cautious across the board and just probably let the let it play out and maybe wait till game time to make your bets. Yeah, I honestly think that's probably the best advice you can give. There's no yeah. reason to just full-fledged dive into every single game. And, I mean, there's no reason to do that in general anyways. But I think, especially the NBA, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I was starting to find my footing on the NBA a couple weeks ago. And then all these, you know, bulls outages, um, a handful of other teams as well. So, Colton, I'll kick it back to you on this one. No, absolutely. I, uh, I know it's been uh, – COVID, damn you, Uncle COVID, is <laughs> all I can say. Call it the big say. C. I, yeah. One of the podcasts <laughs> I listen to, one of the hosts calls it the big C. I love I it. Like- I, what can you say, man? I mean, it, it threw a monkey wrench all in last year, and we thought we were kind of getting through it, kind of being able to find some stuff, and then now all of a sudden, here it is back again, and we're having to deal with it as gamblers once again. But, hey, we're gamblers. We roll with the punches. It's what yeah. we do. That's the key. 100%. The key is don't be too stubborn to change your strategy, even if it's, you know, non-COVID related, even if sure. it's just other things. Like I always tell people that the best strategy you can have is just to be adaptable and sure. just, you know, roll. You're right. Roll with the punches. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So typically this time of the year, we don't have to worry about COVID. This has kind of been a couple of uh, anomaly seasons here. So obviously this is action central we got college basketball we got soccer we got college football now bowl season nfl rocking around the clock tuesday saturday sunday monday action galore now it's really easy to want to dive into every single slate every single market throw every single dollar you have in your bankroll out there to try and get a little bit back in your direction all that being said Maybe that is uh, the answer to the question in and of itself, but what are some of the most common traps you see betters fall into this time of the year? And maybe what's your best advice on how they can kind of correct that and get back onto the winning side? The most common um, trap I – so I'm I'm really big on the psychology of gambling. Um, I've actually interviewed several sports psychologists. I'm working on a piece now that will probably come out after football season about, you know, some of the pitfalls that gamblers fall into here. You know, and nothing to do with Mm -hmm. what happens on the field. You know, I actually, once I make the bet, in my eyes, I try to detach myself as much as possible from the emotions of it. But the preamble, I do kind of get, not emotional, but very intellectual with how I kind of, you know, try to piece my bets together. And the biggest pitfall I always see is this, is the classic gambler's fallacy, which I presented this question on social media before, and I'll give it to you guys. I'm curious what your, what your take is. You just, um, you know, you walked into a casino and, you know, the coin flip is coin toss is one of the games that they play. And you walk up to the to the dealer and, you know, they have to tell you what the past just like roulette. They have to tell you what the past X amount of numbers were. So you walk up to the to the dealer and the dealer says, you know, sir, the last 100 flips have all been tails. Does that change your bet for the next flip? 
Oh, it can't be tails again, right? I mean, come on. Or, yeah, exactly. Or tails are hot. Tails you know, you're going to. Tails you know, are hot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're getting even money on both sides. There's no advantage. Uh-huh. Obviously, the, the, the casino would never offer this bet because they have no advantage. But I'm just for the sake of the example. Sure, sure. You have no advantage on both sides, plus 100 odds. I would be willing to bet that most people will have their bet impacted by what's happened on the previous 100 flips, Mm. which is the classic gambler's fallacy. That's like the number one thing that I try to root out of my handicaps when I'm going in. Yes, past results are important. Yes, if a team is hot and they have momentum, it's noteworthy, but it should not be the sole reason why you place a bet. And if it's even 5 to 10% of a reason why you place the bet, it's probably not your greatest angle. And there's probably there might be another angle why that that team that's won five ten games in a row is going to win, but the reason shouldn't be they've won five ten games in a row they're they're going to keep winning or they've won five ten games in a row they're due for a loss, like that theory that level of thinking is the one trap that a lot of handicappers fall into that I'm I try to eradicate the most from my you know vernacular and how I go about my thinking. Oh, uh, unless it is the Monmouth Hawks, if they are uh, going to be uh, playing <laughs> right. in any form or fashion on or the college hardwood. Or the Cleveland Cavs. That, days, right? that team. I, that I don't know what's going on with them. They're like the best team in the NBA all of a sudden. 150%. I love that. And um, kind of you taking that from more of a cerebral perspective. And I'm super into psychology as well. Um, was all throughout high school, all throughout college. And, and I've carried that with me into the professional world as well. So I, uh, I've definitely consumed a lot of your content in the past. Like maybe you don't have uh, some best for for a specific day and you'll dish out some more mindset type stuff. So yeah. I know I mentioned it in the past, but I absolutely love that stuff. I know um, you probably haven't caught an episode of our daily show because who are we compared to you? You are, uh, we're, oh, we're, we're but at the bottom totem pole. Either way. I, uh, these days I feel like I'm at the bottom too. There's so many Either way. Either way. Fish in the sea. <laughs> we, we appreciate it. But either way, end of uh, end of my show or, or our show rather, um, we do a, uh, I do a segment called uh, My Motivation Minute. It's Colts Motivation Minutes, and it. I think it's so important to any type of little inspiration. And every Monday, Friday, I do a John Wooden quote, a little bit of perspective behind that, Love something that. like that. Um, and, and generally, I always say, I'm not a swami, I'm not a swaman, I'm not a genius. I don't know shit about shit at the end of the day. All I know is a f- couple key things that have helped me survive this thing called life. And that's what I really appreciate you too, that any of that content that you put out, that's what it's been. And I really appreciate that. And especially the, uh, the Cerebral Avenue, you took that last question. I really appreciate that for sure. So I yield back once again, uh, partner, what do you got over there, sir? All right, Jared. I, it's been a few episodes since I've been able to ask this. Season one, I asked it to just about everyone. Are you, and because, uh, you know, everyone gives just about, uh, you know, a completely different answer. Are you someone that enjoys or feels comfortable betting on teams against your teams or not at all? <laughs> Do you find edges on that uh, as far as your favorite teams are concerned? I, I think you're lying to yourself if you don't mentally place a bet on your favorite team every single game you watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, you're, there are people out there that will say, I don't like to bet on my team. It's a jinx. It's a, <laughs> it's a voodoo, whatever voodoo doll they have. You know, I, I get it. I understand there's a superstition involved with it. So you might not want to actually place legal tender on that team. But mentally, again, between the ears, cerebral, you place a bet on your favorite team every single time you watch them because you are emotionally invested. You either win or lose emotional currency every single time you watch your team play. So in my eyes, you have a already, you already have a preceded investment in that team. Now, 
if the odds dictate a different kind of play, I understand. For example, with me, it's Penn State. Mm-hmm. I make a bet on Penn State every week, whether I bet them or not. I refuse to place real money on them when they're a favorite because I don't want to root for them to win and me not win. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I don't like that 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 exchange in my brain does not suit well. Like I if like Penn that. State is favored by 21 points against I don't know Akron, and I'm rooting for them to win by how many? That <laughs> yeah. I don't vibe well with that. So if Penn State is going to be an underdog, I will bet them. Of the professional teams, I'll be honest. Working in this business for as long as I have, I have very little emotional attachment to my teams now compared to 20 years ago. I've covered Yankees. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. I've covered Yankees games. I've been kicked out of the press box before for, you know, not following their rules. And, you know, they're very strict on the field. You can't be in this area. You can't be. In- so I've seen how the sausage is made with the Jets, the Giants, the Yankees, all these New York City teams. So I'm not as much of a fan anymore as I yeah. used to. Uh, Penn State football and all the other Penn State sports, but really football, <laughs> is the one thing that I really still – you know, get invested about. So I will not bet Penn State football as a favorite. Everything else is on is on the is you know fair game. So that's really a long winded answer to say yes, I will bet on my team. <laughs> no, I <laughs> like it because I, I how you bet started them is, too. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's a, a one part. Like I rarely do I bet against. I did against. Uh, uh, we're big Bulls fans and we saw some value. I might actually bet against them tonight on Monday's time of recording. We'll see. But nonetheless, I like how you started as far as the, because some people are like, you are too biased. You shouldn't do it ever. And I think it kind of personally depends. Like I, um, as I'm a diehard Packers fan, I put out a Packers blog every single week. I feel like I have an edge as far as the Packers. I watch more of them every every single day. Uh, and I keep mentioning on this as far as like I'm a Blackhawks fan as well. I, I started finding out that I'm losing 80% of the time that we bet on the Blackhawks. And so I just need to completely recluse myself from them. You should track that, by the way. That is a good... That is a good thing to track. I yeah. don't track my favorite teams, but I should okay. start tracking because I track every bet period, but I don't have like a separate yeah. tracker for my teams. That's a good way to tell if you should or shouldn't be right. betting on yeah. or against your teams because sometimes you're a little biased. Some yeah, people you're an expert and you know, you know, I think the key is if you're if you're willing to bet against your team, I think that's like my, the best pieces of advice I get are from fans of teams that are like, you should fade this team tonight. Okay. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I'm yeah. like, wow, if they're telling me to fade their personal team, like, but then again, they can be, you can be a little negative about things too. So you, <laughs> every, every piece of information, I guess, has to be vetted properly, but I have no issues fading my team. If I think they're going to suck, no issues at all. Might as well yeah, capitalize that's... off of it if they're going to lose. Yeah, but I love what you said about the tracking. Like I just mentioned, I might bet against the Bulls. I'm not putting that out publicly. I'm not putting putting that out publicly. No, you should track every bet you make, even if you don't put it out publicly, though. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent. I agree. Obviously, me being a Bears fan, um, opportunities like that come a little bit fewer and far between. More uh, opportunities (laughs) to fade. But uh, hey, time of recording. Buddy guy over there took uh, Bears plus the points tonight. So, wow. Uh, hey, Even I, with I, their defense? That's a tough he's, bet tonight. He, I know. I, I said the same thing. I said, you know what? I'll go ahead and back you, and we're going to ride it till the uh, till till the wheels fall off. We'll see what there happens. They have uh, they have owned the Vikings over the course of the past five, six seasons here. So uh, I'm in the boat, but there you go. There you have it. Uh, betting on your favorite team, as per Jared Smith. Uh, moving it right along, uh, one kind of other question for me that maybe a little college basketball will get you out of here. Um, really wanted to kind of get your perspective on this or just uh, kind of your wise words, for lack of a better term here on the Wise Words podcast. 
Um, obviously, uh, I hope our audience has been able to find out. I've obviously known this. Mags has known this before. You're, you're a really cerebral guy, and the way you approach not only your, your day-to-day life, but your content and sports gambling itself, and it's something, obviously, I hope you can tell I really appreciate, and it's an it's a avenue that both me and Mags kind of approach our stuff from. So, I wanted to get your best advice, your best thoughts, whatever kind of first comes to mind. Anything you would tell somebody who might be just now breaking into the sports gaming industry or maybe just a content creator in general or maybe none of that, just somebody chasing a dream or passion because we've all been there before. Any Anybody that's a creator that's in this spot, you, you know that feeling. So what would be your best advice for one of those people to keep them pushing through to another day? I'll keep it really simple here because uh, I'll give you the simple answer and then I'll expand on it a little bit. The simple answer that I give to people is less picks, more personality. Hmm. Uh, no one is going to, there are so many picks out there. I can, I, I can just, true. you know, walk outside and I scroll up my feet and it's just picks. Everyone's wants to give me picks. Who's the, what's the best bet here? What's the top prop here? All this stuff. In my eyes, that is not what is going to keep you engaged as an audience. Hmm. I think you need to connect with people and you need to show them who you really are. And just like broadcasting in general, when I watch an anchor read the teleprompter off the script, it, it doesn't do anything for me. But those moments at the end of the broadcast when they're interacting with the guests or the meteorologists or whatever, when you get to know them a little bit. And, you know, it's not often because for the most part, newscasts are pretty scripted, but some of them sometimes are off the cuff. It, I want to get to know your personality. And that is how I'm going to either trust you or like you or get to know you better. And once that trust has been established with your audience, that's when the picks matter more. That's Mm -hmm. when your opinion matters more. That's when you can be aggressive with, this is my best Mm -hmm. bet, two units, whatever. But until you've established your own brand and your own personality as a content creator, the picks don't really matter, at least in my eyes. Like if you go 10 and 0 on a weekend, that's great. Are you going to publicize that the weekend before you went 0 and 10? Most people don't. And I get that. Most people just want to highlight the good and they don't always highlight the bad. And that's called marketing. But at the end of the day, I want to know what makes you tick. And that's how I think big bosses. And if I was ever a boss one day hiring a content creator, I want to see if your personality comes through as you're giving the picks. So it's not just saying I like the bills laying seven because Josh Allen's having a really good year. There needs to be more depth there. And I think the best content creators, the best media people are personalities first. And then it spills into whatever they're talking about, in this case, gambling advice. More personality, less picks. I absolutely love it because that is the exact reason why we got in the industry. We saw... Uh, you just said it. You can scroll through Twitter for hour, and there is pages with uh, no nameless faces, random avatars. They got their 15 best bets today, the five-unit mega whale, yep. bookie bankruptor, <laughs> 5,000 double max play. I mean, you can see it, and, and that's what Vegas Dave's it. made a living off of it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> nice yeah, living, may I say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but, you know, in the court yeah. of public opinion, as a content creator, he's not very valued. He's just a guy that makes money because he can market himself. So don't be that. Don't be the guy that cares about more. Don't be the guy that cares or the girl that cares more about the picks than the personality. Because I want to know, like if I was ever hiring someone and I watched them and it was Vegas Dave, I would turn it off. (laughs) 
immediately. <laughs> All right. Enough of that rabbit hole. Without further ado, uh, yeah, we honestly, that's why we got into it. And, and we just, uh, we wanted to bring that personality. And, and that's something, again, we appreciate you for. You bring your own personality, your own flair, your own spin. You're not just a robot when you come and do your content. And that's something I know both of us can really appreciate. And also that transparency you mentioned every single day regardless of what happens yeah. the first thing we do on our daily show is we pop it up big as hell on the screen hey look <laughs> i went 0-4 i suck sometimes it happens. but stick with me we're gonna go right back to five and one tomorrow don't you worry we'll just keep doing it but yeah that transparency and uh really having that personality i i love those answers i love that that's that's great stuff and can definitely be applied not only in sports gambling and in that avenue but any industry you might be hundred percent to in the media industry in general, it, yeah. I, I think is it, we need more personalities and less people that just want to be famous. You know, hey, show me why, show me why, what do you have to offer? Don't just give me a, a pretty face or a nice, you know, a nice spin. Like it's gotta, there's gotta be some texture there. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Hey, that's a hell of a way to uh, end things on my side of the screen partner. Anything else from you? Good, sir. I guess as far as my last thing, I was going to wrap it up, but as far as last thing, kind of building off that, would you say that's why consumers are kind of flocking towards sports gambling a little bit more? The people who actually kind of, I don't want to name anyone that's not in sports gambling that has huge shows that'll say an extremely hot take, and then a month later, they say the exact opposite thing without really acknowledging their previous horrible take. Would you say that's why kind of consumers are flocking, whether they're actually placing dollars uh, with these people or not you think that's why people are flocking to the gambling space consumer yes and no i mean i think the game it's just really hot right now so i think a yeah. lot of people are getting in so i there's two ways to answer that one i think a lot of people are getting into the gambling space that aren't gamblers sure. and that makes things a little <laughs> bit dicey to actually take gambling advice from them <laughs> but that being said people just like being entertained and those people that are, I'm not going to name names, that are not gamblers that are becoming gambling media personalities, they're entertainers and they're very good at entertaining people. Mm -hmm. And that I think holds a lot of weight in the entertainment media industry, which now gambling and media is the line is getting blurred a little bit. Um, but the reason why I think the gambling industry has created a lot of good content personalities is because you're, you had to back it up with your dollars. You know, right. you can't just get on the air and say, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are the best team in the NFL. They're going to blow out the Saints tonight. Well, show me the ticket that says Bucks mm -hmm. minus 11. Mm -hmm. You know, that mm -hmm. I think gives a little bit of legitimacy and credibility to what you're saying. Whereas before gambling, you could just have anyone say anything on media and they'd have to take it at face value. Now, face value, well, there's actually a face value for it. It's the ticket that you, you know, buy, this, buy from the sports book. 100%. Totally agree with you. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that sure uh, seems like one of them there episodes of the Wise Words podcast, if I do say so myself. Now, before we uh, send our guest out of here today, the legendary Mr. Jared Smith. Good, sir. I didn't mention at the top of the show in your intro, uh, your daily show, Let's Bet It. Uh, you're the current host uh, there at PixWise. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Where can we follow you? Where can we follow PixWise? Maybe, uh, hey, you know, a little, uh, little something from you to your good friends here at the TTL crew. Maybe you got a little uh, latest and greatest breaking announcement that you ain't told anybody else. Maybe we'll keep it between <laughs> us. I don't, I don't know, something like that. Where can we find you? 
Nothing that groundbreaking. So we do a daily show on PicksWise. Uh, it's called Let's Bet It. Lauren Jabara, Alex Glaze are the other two hosts of the show. We kind of rotate on depending on what the schedule looks like that week. Uh, it's a fun show. It's 30, 45 minutes. It's quick. It's witty. It's entertaining. We obviously give picks and we're informative as well, but it's not just the, hey, let's run through the, the, the board today and, and you know see what's popping. And then I do a weekly podcast uh, for NFL season called PicksWise Playbook. With Chris Rose and Ross Tucker, drops every Thursdays. Um, all of these shows can be found on your Apple, you know, Spotify podcast, uh, but also on the Pixwise YouTube channel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith, and you can follow Pixwise uh, on social medias at Pixwise. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. But it's a lot of fun. We do a lot of great content every day. A lot of smart cappers that work on the site, writing up picks, etc., for soccer. And- baseball, football, hockey, basketball, horse racing. There's all kinds of stuff on there. So great content site. And I've got, I have a lot of fun every day. So I really do love my job. Oh, oh, oh I loved, I love it. I'm going to put it in here for everybody so they can, uh, they can be sure to see it in case they missed it. There we go. Appreciate Didn't that. want to uh, put us all small in the background. There we are. Everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I know I can speak for Mags. We appreciate the hell out of your content. Love. Let's bet it. Um, love everybody else that's on there with you. Everything you got going on um, your content, your, picks everything in between um seriously thank you for who you are and thank you for uh taking the time to come and hang out with the ttl crew today i really appreciate that you guys are doing good work and um you know keep it up i'd love to be back on soon hey we uh we'll definitely have a little js 2.0 if you will (laughs) Uh, we'll we'll dive into a little cbb some nfl once we uh turn of the year here once we get some more stone cold trends and i know we're all uh heavy college basketball betters so we'll uh we'll get that on the map but outside of that once again from uh both me and mags thank you so much jared for uh taking some time out of your day to uh hang out with us share your knowledge and insights last but certainly not least to all of you beautiful gambling people that decided to tune in to the fifth episode midway point of season two of the wise words pod we hope you have a spectacular rest of your wednesday unless you have any other plans make sure you hit that subscribe button that like button that follow button wherever you're consuming this at outside of that have a terrific Terrific, terrific rest of your day filled with nothing but ticket cashing. And make sure you get all of today's best bets hammered in from the crew so you can stay with us right at the end of every single piece of content we do. Let's cash some tickets. <laughs>